Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. April 15th, the year of our Lord, 2021, J-Lo, A-Rod, no more. So we did indeed outlive them. That prop bet hits. We are jam-packed tonight, and we've got a lot to talk about because it's a big spring weekend. There are tons of spring games all over the place. So if you haven't already blocked off your Saturday, maybe the weather's going to be good where you live, maybe it's not. I would strongly suggest either being parked in front of a TV or get that DVR fired up because there are a number of really, really big spring games this week. And keep in mind, a lot of these places, you're going to see people in the stands for the first time in well over a year. So that's something to look forward to. We're going to talk about those all over the SEC and beyond tonight. I'm hitting Ohio State pretty hard tonight because had some extended conversations over the last week, and I wanted to wait till tonight so I could have those conversations. So you'll notice we haven't talked about the Buckeyes in about a week and a half. Uh, The drought ends tonight. Got some whispers and intel from Columbus. The entire NLI picture, the name and image and likeness picture, NIL, there we go, it's evolving. And we've talked about it, and I've told you that it will evolve. And I think the way that we phrased it in January was some of the molehills will become mountains, some of the mountains will become molehills. Well, now we're in sort of the evolutionary process of that. We're starting to see it. Some programs are making moves that I think illustrate our point. We're going to talk about that tonight. And also, there is a recruiting tsunami coming. So you can go ahead and turn on those sirens. I grew up in Georgia. I have no clue what it's like when a tsunami is imminent. But figuratively, there is one coming in recruiting. In fact, in the last hour or so, I mean, Jesse, we didn't even have time to make a graphic for it. Not that we need it necessarily. But there's been news on this even within the last hour about the recruiting calendar. And let me tell you, if you think summer's normally boring, you know, we don't believe in the, the X season around here, but if you think summer's boring, where do you see what's about to happen? So I also wanted to let you know, it's been a loaded week around here. If you're a subscriber to the Late Kick podcast feed, you already saw today the Late Kick Show Owners Association meeting has dropped. I was right here in the studio last night. I had to call up Director Emeritus Collin and FaceTime my way around the studio so he could show me how to turn the lights on. Pathetic. And he did. And I thank him. And so we got that recorded last night. We went a solid two hours. Uh, It's really great. I think we're going to get the YouTube product up sometime tomorrow, Saturday at the latest. I think tomorrow. It was really fun. Generated a lot of buzz. Got a lot of comments about it from people both inside the company and then outside this company, but inside our industry, or as you may know them, our enemies. Wink, wink. And so a lot of people like that. And uh, we're going to do it every time we hit another thousand on Instagram. So follow me over there at Kick Josh. Thank you so much for that. Let's dive in. Big spring weekend on tap. Tomorrow, uh, well, if you're watching this on Friday, tomorrow being Saturday is going to be a really big day across just the SEC. Georgia's got a spring game. Bama's got one. Auburn's got one. Arkansas, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, LSU, all of them on this same April 17th, Saturday. And so I was just going to go around the SEC right quick. Some things we're hearing, some things to look forward to this Saturday. Let's start with Georgia. First thing to look at is the forecast. 
Then the second thing to look at is left tackle. But I'm not going to talk about left tackle a whole lot because if this were the fall, if they opened with Clemson this week, you know, if they were playing an actual football game Saturday, that'd be one thing. But sometimes the pass rush in a spring game is not quite what you would expect it to be in a normal game. And a lot of that is because of the design of the spring game. No one wants to see their quarterback get splattered all over the place. So, you know, guys like Adam Anderson, they may not be pulled back in that slingshot and, and slung out like they normally would if it were week one or week two. So maybe we don't learn a whole lot about left tackle. But wide receiver, quarterback, going to learn a whole lot about it. JT Daniels, I got a sneeze and it's kind of fl- Should I do it? Nope, it went away. Okay, so JT Daniels, I think the command of the offense in general, like that's something to watch. I don't know how much we can take away in that facet. But that entire wide receiver room, the way I would phrase it is, I'm excited to watch JT Daniels and. And then I just put a big blank. And so I've got a lot of players, but the one I'm really excited to watch in the absence of George Pickens is a guy like Arian Smith. Arian Smith, as you may look at the rest of the offense and say, oh, Kirby Smart or Todd Munkin, they won't want to show a whole lot this Saturday. You can show Arian Smith all you want to. Guys who have that kind of speed, it doesn't really matter. It it was like Bama with Jalen Waddell. Just show them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you know they have him because you probably can't do a whole lot about it. Now, I'm not comparing the two per se. I'm saying they hope Arian Smith turns into for them what a guy like Waddle was for Alabama. Those guys are few and far between, of course. But you can show him off all you want to. And he has got burner speed, one of the very, very few guys who possess the kind of skill set that at any given point can score at any spot on the field. So I'll be very excited to watch him. Uh, And I also just look at that wide receiver group in general. Sometimes we come out of these spring games and all of a sudden, like, what if Kyrus Jackson's not a guy who needs to prove himself? But what if Kyrus Jackson has a really big day? What if Demetrius Robertson has a really big day? Those are names that you're used to. You've said those names for a while. So that wide receiver room is what I'd be focused on at Georgia and Alabama. I want to just move beyond Bryce Young because Bryce Young's the obvious answer here. You got a new starter at quarterback there. Bill O'Brien, kind of a subplot, new offensive coordinator at Alabama. We were on the aforementioned Late Kick Show Owners Association meeting last night talking about top coordinators in college football. Is Bill O'Brien one? He has not called a play yet for Alabama, but yet Nick Saban doesn't hire tomato cans. So he is certainly sure that Bill O'Brien is the man. And if that guy's good enough to have Nick Saban's offense handed over to him, maybe he's one of the best in the country before he ever calls a play. Having said that, we get a little sneak peek, like just a little bit of taste of that tomorrow or Saturday. I keep thinking it's Friday already. Corner depth and interior defensive line depth is what I want to focus on with Alabama. They've got right now, their starting two corners are probably Jalen Armour Davis, who's a guy who's been there a little while. Uh, There's not a whole lot of true freshmen being shoved into starting spots on Alabama's defense, which sometimes is the case. But you got Jalen Armour Davis there. Josh Job's a familiar name. But I'm interested to see these two cats behind them. Marcus Banks is a name that if you follow Alabama, you've heard a little bit more about. Jaquincy McKinstry, now that's a true freshman. And that's a guy, if you listen to the practice reports, I go over to BamaOnline.com and I read Charlie Potter's practice report and I listen to Nick Saban talk and get some feedback from the program. And all you ever hear is after every single rep in practice, there's Coolidge, Quincy McKinstry, there's him going through a rep, and then there's Nick Saban in his ear. Well, they do that when they expect a guy to contribute that year, and in this case, as a true freshman. So let's see how many reps those guys get Saturday. And then as for the defensive line, I said interior, but let's just look across the entire D-line. 
DJ Dale is a guy who's who's been there a couple of years now. Tim Smith, second year, I think, in the program now. But we've talked about Justin Aboigby. We've talked about them having LeBrian Ray back. But they've also got a guy like Byron Young, Fedarian Mathis, uh, Jamil Burroughs. They've got some really good depth. They are a program that can go a few guys deep, a few lines deep on the defensive front now, which hasn't always been the case the last couple of years for them. And so pay attention to that with Alabama. How about LSU? This one's easy. Don't overthink the room. It's quarterback by 10 miles. And I'm looking at two specifically. All due respect to TJ Finley. Garrett Nussmeyer is a guy who has a promising future. But you know it's Miles Brennan. And then you know it's Max Johnson. And I don't have a lean one way or the other here. I'm just saying you can talk all you want to. You can go through preview magazine season all you want to. I don't care if this is a spring game or not. Anytime you get to put your eyeballs on like game action, when you have a quarterback situation like this, it's really important because it is competition. And so what I get to see and what you get to see Saturday with LSU is you get to look and you get to see, is there one guy who looks like he just has a lot firmer grasp of the offense? Is there one guy who looks like he has a lot better command of everything? A lot more of a field general, if you will. And here's the real telltale sign that I don't know if we'll see, but just pay attention for it. Is there one guy that the rest of that offense tends to gravitate towards? You've seen this before, time and time again, when you got a couple of quarterbacks and all you've read are practice reports that let you know, oh, it's neck and neck. This guy was good this week. That guy was good last week. It's 1A and 1B. But then when you see him take the field, all of a sudden you say, why does the offensive line just seem like it's so much more in sync? when guy A is in there? Why does the wide receiver core just seem to go to battle so much harder for guy A? They're letting you know who leads in that quarterback battle. So that's interesting, and that's something to watch for LSU. It's not going to be decided by any stretch Saturday, but let's keep an eye on that. Arkansas. Arkansas last year defensively was really, really fascinating story because they brought in Barry Odom, and they, they played kind of an umbrella, for lack of a better term, approach defensively out of necessity, and it worked for them. They were patient. They knew they weren't going to hard. They weren't going to hold you under 300 yards, but they could hold you under 30 points if they just, you know, maintained what the entire game plan was the whole time. But all the while, you want to eventually up the talent level so that you can be more multiple and so that you can do more things. And so there are some names to watch for Arkansas, like Terrian Carter is, I think, a sophomore defensive tackle. Zach Williams, likewise, sophomore defensive end. They got some injuries coming into this Saturday, too. So these are guys who are probably going to get a lot of uh, game action. Jaden Johnson's an early enrollee at safety is another name to watch. These are just some guys to pay attention to for Arkansas. But overall, independent of which name's on the back of what jersey, just look at the talent level and just see if you're saying to yourself, Arkansas just looks, they look a little bit bigger, faster, stronger than they did last year. That should be your observation. And last but not least, the Auburn Tigers. This one's kind of like LSU. It's not hard. Don't overthink the room. You can go lines of scrimmage, but really I just go Bo Nix, and I ask, how far have they come? Has the deprogramming reached the point where you can start to move forward and you can start to program? And look at him specifically in the pocket, because last year and really throughout his entire career, Bo Nix has not been a guy who's exactly been a surgeon from inside the pocket and a surgeon in terms of having really good pocket awareness. It's In fairness to him, it's not anything he was, he's been developed to do at Auburn to this point, but now you got a new staff in there, and they claim to want to do that. And, you know, if, if my eyeballs have served me correctly, I think the raw skill set is there for that. But yet you don't know from the neck up how much do you have to change. 
Is it able to be changed? I think in this case, you'd rather just get Knicks in there as a true freshman than have to deprogram all the junk that's up there from the past couple of years. So that's something to watch for Auburn. Big spring Saturday. Mississippi State's on the field. Vanderbilt's on the field. So really looking forward to that all across the SEC. How about Ohio State? A lot of intel out of Columbus this week. Had some really good conversations. I think that quarterback battle in Columbus right now is one of, if not the most interesting and intriguing position battles in all of college football. C.J. Stroud is largely thought to be the leader in the clubhouse. Remember, Justin Fields is off to the draft. Depending on which mock draft you look at, that depends on where he's going to be taken. But rest assured, and I'm going to go ahead and break this news now, he's going to be drafted somewhere. And so he's not going to be in Columbus this year. So C.J. Stroud, many assume that he's the leader in the clubhouse. I am among them. But I just want to tell you, I don't view this job as being locked up. I don't think that coaching staff views this job as being locked up externally or amongst themselves internally. Because Jack Miller's a guy that they ultimately think they could win with, and Kyle McCord is also a guy they think they could win with. Now, it certainly behooves the Ohio State program to maintain competition for as long as you can, even if that thing's realistically decided. And I think we all know why that is. You don't want to wake up in the middle of July and have a couple of guys transferring on you. But pressure is a good thing. Competition is a good thing. We don't ever use the term or the phrase quarterback controversy around here. The only controversy you could have in your quarterback room is when you don't have one. When you got one or more that you can win with, that you trust to go into battle with, that's not that's not a controversy. That's a good thing. That's competition. So I want to go beyond the quarterback position because I, as I told you, had some really good conversations with some folks out of Columbus. I want you to focus on a name for me. Buckeye fans probably know the name, but outside of Columbus, I don't think a lot of people know the name Mayan Williams. You know my, well, you know my affinity by now for Iowa State. And so you're going to know my affinity for Mayan Williams. They almost had him at Iowa State. Mayan Williams had been committed to Iowa State and he's, a, he's an Ohio kid and Ryan Day and company, they had targeted some higher on the board targets in their recruiting war room, and they weren't going to get a guy like Kendall Milton, for example. They weren't going to get him. And so then they, because they're Ohio State, they pick up the phone and they call him. And they say, Mayan, we got a spot for you. And so they get him. This was, a, this was going to be a kid who was going to be like another Brees Hall if he went to Iowa State. Instead, he's at Ohio State. He's not going to get lost in the shuffle there. Mayan Williams has been about as good a performer pound for pound as anybody on that team during spring. They could not be more ecstatic. And I know there's been some positive reviews. He's been better than the positive reviews that you've read. Let me just put it that way. But having said that, see, it sounds like I'm saying, oh, that's a slam dunk number one starter. I don't even know if he's going to start for him. Master Teague's had a little bit of injury concern this spring, so he's gotten a lot of their first team reps. But, I mean, lest we forget... We got a guy named Travion Henderson in this room. We got Evan Pryor in this room. We're just talking about the whole offense here. They are loaded. Ohio State's loaded. I know this is no breaking news, but there's a second part to that little equation that I want to talk about more in just a second. But when you shift over, so we're in the running back room, and wow, look at all these good players. So then we, all right, come on, let's go. And then we go down the hallway, and then we go to the wide receiver room. And then you say, Garrett Wilson, you're still here. Chris Olave, you're still here. And then you say, but wait a minute. Don't they have that Jackson Smith and Jigba kid? Yeah, 
Yeah, remember him from a couple of classes back? Yeah, um, who's the other guy? Julian Fleming? Don't they still have him? Yeah, he was another guy with uh, about five stars next to his name. Okay, well, uh, that's it, right? No, because then you hear three more names. You hear about Marvin Harrison Jr., and you hear about Jaden Ballard. Who? That's a name I'm circling. Mayan Wilson, or Mayan Williams, rather, and uh, Jaden Ballard. I got someone texting me. That's very distracting. Jaden Ballard and William. Those are two names I've circled because those are two names that they go out of their way to talk about at Ohio State. And then there's one more. You remember when we were sitting at this desk and it was National Signing Day and we welcomed in several players. Among them was Emeka Egbuka. He was only the number one wide receiver in the country. All these guys, this is not a lineage. This is not like the past decade of Ohio State football. All these guys are on the roster right now. They're all going to be there this fall. So, you got a loaded quarterback room. You got a loaded running back room. You got a loaded wide receiver room. The natural question that you and myself and Director Emeritus Collin, when I walked in the door today and started talking to him about this, have is uh, they're going to be able to stop anybody? The last time I saw him in the national championship game, they were stopping anybody. Remains to be seen. I can just assure you they're going to be able to score. And they certainly don't feel like they've gotten worse defensively. And to his credit, Ryan Day shook up that coaching staff defensively and really shook up his coaching staff in general. Still got that experience mixed in and blended in. A lot of youth and energy, too. Talked about all that already. I really love what they did. But I want you to just kind of think about what we have here as we exit spring. Ohio State's got a spring game Saturday, too. If the, if the SEC slate wasn't already loaded enough, you got that team in Columbus. They're going to have a spring game, too. They're loaded. That's a, as loaded a team as any team in America you're going to see this year. But... Unlike the Alabamas or even the Clemsons of the world, this program right here has as loaded a roster as you're going to see, and they also have that voice in the back of their head that says, you haven't won anything. Because, yeah, they've won the Big Ten, but they have higher aspirations than that. And as for those higher aspirations, they haven't done anything. They've gotten there. They hadn't done anything. So that's a dangerous combination. History tells us that's a dangerous combination. That's a dangerous team. Ohio State, they feel really, really good. Exiting spring, this is the kind of situation. I know they haven't decided quarterback yet, but this is the kind of situation where they've got a lot of that team that they wish they could just hit the pause button on or put it in the uh, cryogenics freezer and just thaw it out with about two weeks to go until they open because they feel really good about where they're at. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A lot of players should feel really good about where they're at with name, image, and likeness. So NIL, those are three letters that you see put together a whole lot. And I've asked the question, you've asked the question, a lot of people have asked the question, what is it? What is NIL? All-encompassing. What's this going to mean? Well, it's starting to become clearer. 
as we said, it was going to take a little while for this fog to clear, and it still hasn't totally cleared. We don't know what this entire landscape is going to look like three or four years down the road. But as this story has evolved, and as you've known it's coming, and as as state legislators have started to move on this, as the Supreme Court started to toss it around and whatnot, all of a sudden, you start to find out what's going to matter and what's not going to matter. Moods have started to change. Ideas have started to come to the forefront. Some other ideas have been pushed to the back burner. I've told you, and I, I will continue to tell you, think of this as an ideological marathon. It's not a sprint. No one had this thing figured out five minutes after it was floated, nor does anyone have it fully figured out now. Having said that, this past week has been perfect evidence that some programs are much further along than others, and I want to caveat that. I guess that's the best I can do for a caveat, because uh, I'm going to touch on that on the back end. I said in December, though, and I said to open the show tonight, I'll say it again, there are going to be some molehills in the immediacy that become mountains. Then there are going to be some mountains that end up being molehills once we get everything into its proper focus. Well, it's starting to happen. So in just a couple of seconds, Jesse's going to cue up some sound because Florida State and Georgia Tech made some pretty public moves on this this week. They are not going to be the last. I want to, I want to emphasize, this is just the beginning of a really, really big snowball rolling downhill. Florida State, I'm going to talk about them on the back end of this thought we're about to roll. Florida State did some things this week, but Jeff Collins had a really good part of his press conference in the last couple of days where he perfectly encapsulated one of those initial molehills that is, in fact, to me, the biggest mountain in this whole thing. So this is Georgia Tech head coach Jeff Collins. I'll talk about it more on the back end. We were one of the first schools to, to partner with Influencer. Um, what Influencer does is it, it's, a, it's an app. Uh, that lets our guys have access to every single photo uh, that we take at practice, we take at games, and we take at workouts. You know, within 30 minutes, Kelly or Ken, of, of the workouts or practice being over, there's 700 to 800 pictures of the practice or of the weight training session that our guys can rip and put on their social media accounts. Uh, that is a big deal to us. The number of cameras that we have out at practice every single day, uh, the content creators from local uh, that come out to practice to shoot and give our guys access to their images uh, so that they can then promote it. The other piece that I think is in our DNA is we were one of the first programs to tag our players in all social media posts. That is a big deal to me, to us, to make sure when we promote something, we actually promote the player with their tags. Um, and not all the programs do that, but that's something that we uh, make a big deal of. So that was Jeff Collins there. Did you listen to what he said? And if so, what does it mean to you? That kind of stuff has a tendency. Once you get about 20 seconds in, it has a tendency to kind of fly over your head. What he just said is monumental. It's huge. It's a game changer. It's going to be at the very forefront. This is not a molehill. This is a mountain. So let me explain to you how our industry works and how it ties into this. You see this logo right over here if you're watching on YouTube. You see the logo if you're listening on the podcast. You had to have looked at it before you started to play this very episode. And there's that late kick logo, and you see all those podcasts we've recorded. Or if you're on the YouTube channel, you see all these shows that we've done. You know how many of those I own? You know how many seconds of that footage and that audio that I own? Zero. And I'm going to tell you why. I get a paycheck every two weeks, and it says CBS on it. That's my employer. 
And therefore, that is whose platform I am working on. And the content that I create while on their platform, on their dime, belongs to them. What he just said, he being Jeff Collins, and what Florida State, for example, came out and told you this week is, no, no, no. The way this NIL thing is going to work is we have an entire media apparatus. We're like a borderline production company here. We got millions of dollars worth of equipment and staffing. We're at every practice. We're at every game. We record every second of these guys' lives. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to make it not only available to them, we're going to give them ownership. Do you have any idea how huge that is? In the content creation business, that sent up massive alarms and red flags. When I heard that, I rewound it and listened to it like three or four times, just like I reread and read again and read again Florida State's release earlier this week to make sure I was grasping that. I, if I am a five-star defensive back or wide receiver or quarterback at Georgia Tech or Florida State, many more programs to come, here's the mountain that initially seemed like a molehill. I am not only going to be going to their school on their dime, I'm not only going to have that GT or that spear on the side of my helmet, I'm not only going to be practicing on their practice field, playing for their university, on their platform they built long before I was born, they're going to give me all of the content that exists of me, photographically, video, and I'm going to own it. And you know what I can do then? With my quarter million followers on Instagram, my half a million followers on TikTok, I can take it and I can use it on those platforms and I can monetize it and I can use it and distribute it as I see fit. Do you have any idea what that's worth? you have any idea how huge that is? In the content creation game, it's a game changer. In the branding sphere, it's a game changer. The programs that are going to be at the very top of this thing and at the very top of the sport five years from now are the ones who are going to understand how to perfect and own what I'm calling the NIL pyramid. And that's three parts. One, you got to understand how to have the right things as a university. Number two, you got to understand how to have the right things as a football program. Number three, you got to be a marketing firm. University, program, marketing firm. And this is the very forefront. It's just, it's just light coming through the crack of the door from Florida State, Georgia Tech, many more to come about what the actual name of the game here is. You remember when we first heard about NIL and everyone said, oh my goodness, this means that Johnny, four-star wide receiver there from uh, Pahokee, Florida, he's going to be able to go and do advertisements for car dealerships. Oh, that's going to be a big deal. It's not even what the name of the game is. The name of the game is going to be ownership of your, of your content, of your trademarking, of your IP, as we call it in this industry. You own it. You own it. Therefore, you can do whatever you want to with it. That's the game changer. You're talking about peanuts in terms of potential compensation in some of these advertising deals and endorsements compared to what you can do with your brand ability digitally. That's the game changer. And so now what's going to happen is, as sure as I tell you, Georgia Tech and Florida State made some moves publicly on this this week. No sooner did I tweet about that than I had athletic directors and associate athletic directors in my inbox saying, no, 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 wait, wait just a second now. We got some stuff coming on this too, which is why I'm very confident in telling you I'm not casting these programs necessarily as visionaries. They're not doing anything that a dozen or two dozen more of them aren't getting ready to announce. I think a lot of programs out there want to wait maybe until this recruiting dead period's lifted and they want to get maximum bang for their buck, but it's coming. 
this is where the real name of the game is going to be in NIL. It is the ability to use all the immense resources at your disposal as a program to flex your medium muscle on behalf and in benefit of your student athletes. All of a sudden, it doesn't seem nearly as dirty as you thought it was going to seem, does it? So that is where things I think are headed. That is the mountain. A lot of molehills, that's the mountain. Speaking of recruiting, speaking of the dead period, let's wrap up the show with this. There's a recruiting tsunami coming. I want to give you fair warning. You can raise any color flag you want to, but there is a recruiting tsunami coming. Right now, we're looking at a race for number one, which we don't spend a whole lot of time on. Grant you, uh, it is it is April. But right now, silently, kind of quietly, uh, Steve Wolfong, I was on the phone with him this morning. He said, do you realize Georgia is the number one recruited class in the country? And I said, no, Stephen, I did not. Thank you for uh, informing me of that. So if you're not aware, let me break the news. Georgia's got the number one class in the country right now. Ohio State, close behind. We're looking at it right now. LSU, Notre Dame. It. How about Rutgers at number six, by the way? It's not a typo. This wasn't an old chart, and we just forgot to erase Rutgers. No, they got the number six recruiting class in the country. So hats off. My prediction is they're not there by the end of the cycle. But this is a really, really good thing for Rutgers. So having said that, let's come back south of Piscataway for just a second. Georgia's number one right now. And they are sitting there, I wrote it down, they've got an average player rating of over 94, about 94.2. So that's good. That puts them on pace currently for that 2018 class that was ranked, I think, number one overall. They had like a 323 team score. Steve Wolfong, speaking of the devil, or speaking of the angel, has a really good piece about this on 247sports.com right now. You see the Buckeyes at number two, sitting there just behind Georgia, and they've got an average player rating of 95.74. They got Quinn Ewers, number one quarterback in the class in that class. So there's a lot about to happen. I'm just showing you this to give you a general gauge of where things sit right now. A lot is about to happen. Dare I say the floodgates are about to open. There have been some flags everywhere. Now, there's been news in the last hour that I'm about to get to, but there have been some flags everywhere and bells going off because before the NCAA ever made a move, it was a telltale sign when all these programs started scheduling official visits, even though the ending of the dead period had not been announced. Well, it turns out somebody knew something somewhere, and it wasn't all that hard to see coming. So as of the last hour or two, the NCAA has made it official, and God bless them, by the way, for not waiting until Friday at 4.45 to do it, that uh, the regular recruiting calendar will once again go into effect June 1st. So everything is back to normal. Uh, There are some actual additions. They're going to increase the number of evaluation days from 42 to 51, that's this fall. I think they expanded the allowances on some phone calls and communication type things. They also expanded who's allowed to call who, so you can get some of the staffers that normally aren't allowed to do that involved in the process right now. But here's what you can expect. You can expect a lot of change. You can expect a flood of summer visits, camps. But here's what the real expedition is. Expedition. An expedited nature has to be placed, let me say that, on the evaluation process. Because as Nick Saban told you when we had him on a few months ago, it wasn't the 2021 class that they were going to get stuck with. They already had those guys evaluated. They had seen them one or two years before you ever even knew what COVID was. But the 2022 class, so the one we're focused on right now, that was going to be the class that if they couldn't get out there and get their coaches on the road, if they couldn't get those kids on campus and get them in camp settings so they could get eyeballs on them and get some proper evals on them, that was where they were still going to land a lot of highly rated kids. It's just they weren't going to have as firm a grasp 
on whether they got the right ones. So now that's why the evaluation process is going to kick into overdrive here. But just remember, you know, this is all sort of kind of, it's, it's going to be an intersection to me. Later this summer, there's going to be an intersection. This is reason number a thousand why the offseason does not exist this year or any year, but Tripoli this year. We're also expecting the whole one-time transfer thing to crescendo late June. And what I mean by that is, I don't know if this has been made official or not, but if it's not, it probably will be soon per multiple reports. That whole one-time penalty-free transfer, even within a conference sort of deal, that's probably going to end up being nationwide, let's be honest. July 1st is going to be the deadline for that. So I want you to picture this. June, which is normally one of the deadest months of the college football calendar, all of a sudden in June, you've got a furious round of visits, whether they be official or unofficial, from transfer prospects. You've got the transfer portal lit up. You're coming out of spring, by the way, right now and in the next couple of weeks. So this is where guys are trying to figure out, do I have a spot on this depth chart or not? So we had that one wave of transfers already. And then there is a quiet right now. It's kind of like being in the eye of a hurricane because there's a second wave coming. Bet your bottom dollar. There's a second wave of transfers coming. And that transfer wave is after guys figure out where they are in the pecking order. You know, they probably were bordering on transferring and, and dad or mom got on the phone with them. Coach got in their ear and said, go through spring. You don't lose anything by going through spring. Compete, go through spring. And you know what? If you still don't like where you stand here, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you my best wishes and I'll give you all the recommendations in the world if you want to leave. Well, that's happening. Dozens and dozens and dozens of guys right now are in that position at the FBS level alone. So you're going to have a wave of transfers. You're going to have recruiting at the high school level going on in sort of a, a hyper-advanced mode in the summer. Oh, and by the way, you're still trying to get ready for college football season. So there is all that that's lining up. And then in the middle of all of it, you got Georgia sitting there number one. You got Rutgers at number six of all places. You got Bama outside the top 10. They were, I think, in the 30s or 40s this time last year. So there's going to be a ton of movement because now that things shift back to normal, remember what had been happening. What had been happening, what normal had become is with the advent of the early signing date, a lot of programs had started to lock up a vast majority of their classes in summer. So let's see if that maintains itself as status quo. You know, you got the evals that may be behind for a few programs. So let's see if a program like Georgia, they're sitting at 12, I think right now, verbals. Let's say if they load up and let's see if they're at 18 or 19 before the season starts. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Or let's see if they want to take a more tactful approach and they want to watch some guys get couple of games into their senior year, or maybe at least get some eyeballs on them in their fall practices before they take them. All those questions are still on the table. I don't think any two staffs are going to handle it exactly evenly. So if you, I don't know how this would happen. If you don't like college football, but you only like recruiting, uh, it's going to be the best summer of your life. If you're like the rest of us and you like recruiting and college football, maybe it'll also be the best summer of your life. But remember, all this is leading up to hopefully what we believe will be a renaissance year of college football. Stadiums opened again, a lot of traditional powers breaking in new quarterbacks, a lot of tier B programs looking to jump to tier A. Could be a great, great fall of 2021. Thank you so much for watching us tonight. Remember, you know what helps us a lot? When you watch these YouTube videos, and we don't charge you anything, we keep the show free and all that, when you click that little thumbs up button, that helps a whole lot. When you subscribe to the channel, it helps. But we really love when you click that thumbs up, when you're listening on the podcast, what really helps is when you give us those five-star reviews, 
it warms our hearts. It warms our hearts down to the very core. So if you want to send us into the weekend feeling great about ourselves, which believe me, we always need around here, just give us a little thumbs up. Just, just give us a little five-star review. And if it's not too much trouble, find me on Instagram and the socials too, at Josh For Director Emeritus Colin, for Jesse and the entire crew driving things from Connecticut, I'm Josh Pate. Have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy these spring games. We'll be back here Sunday night. Until then, God bless. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.